Welcome to Group Talk, a monthly podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program. Hey, Small Group Network family, Jason Banjoff here again with a September 2018 edition of Group Talk. We have a great episode lined up for you, but before we get started, I want to talk to you about a few events. Accelerate the health and growth of your small group ministry by attending one of our Accelerate small group workshops. As a podcast listener, you and your team can receive a special 25% off discount for either our Virginia workshop, which is October 22nd through the 24th, or our Tennessee workshop, which is October 29th through the 30th. Use promo code GROUPTALK to get your discount. Again, that's promo code GROUPTALK. Go to smallgroupnetwork.com slash events to register for these events or to lock in the super early bird price on one of our upcoming 2019 Accelerate locations. In this great episode, Carolyn Takeda gets to sit down with our good friend, Chris Surratt from Lifeway. We know you're going to love this episode. Take it away, Carolyn. Hi, welcome to Group Talk. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the small groups pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, one of the questions that we consistently get from our small group leaders is, hey, what should we study? Or what curriculum do you recommend? And leaders can easily get overwhelmed by the thousands of options out there. And there's such a wide range of materials to choose from. There's a huge variety of topics. And it's presented in various formats for groups to discuss and learn from. And how we answer this question about curriculum will have a significant impact on a group's dynamics, as well as the spiritual formation of its members. So it's really important. So for this program, I've invited veteran small group expert, Chris Surratt, to talk about this critical topic of small group curriculum. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for being on the program. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> well, Chris, um, you've been on Group Talk before, so thank mm-hmm. you for coming back. Um, and actually, this is really cool today. We're actually taping our program from Lifeway's headquarters in Nashville, and there's a bunch of us here for um, a Lifeway small group ministry conference. And so we get to have this fancy equipment. So, listeners, if it sounds better than normal, this is because <laughs> it is. Um, so, thank you for hosting me on this. Um, Chris is a ministry consultant and coach with more than 24 years of experience serving the local church. Um, he served on the executive team at Cross Point Church in Nashville and Seacoast Church in Charleston, South Carolina, prior to becoming the small uh, group specialist and discipleship specialist for Lifeway Christian Resources here in Nashville. How long have you been in this role, Chris? I'm trying to remember. I have been in this role for right at three years now. Wow. Yeah, it's been a fun three years. <laughs> it has been. And Chris is a, a friend of the network, of course. You might have met him at um, one of our gatherings. Okay, so Chris, I interviewed you a couple of years ago for your book, um, Small Groups for the Rest of Us, when that was mm-hmm. published. And you shared some wonderful nuggets from that book. And of course, you can find that program on Small Group Network's website if you're interested in hearing more about how to design a group system to reach the fringes. And now you've moved on and we're talking about uh, curriculum, which is your meat and potatoes, right, for Lifeway? It kind of is. Kind of is. Yeah. And I have to say, going back to the podcast I did with you before, that honestly, I tell you this all the time, that was my favorite <laughs> podcast. I, I did a bunch of them. You know, when you release a book, you do right. a bunch of podcasts. And that one was my my favorite. And this is going to be my new favorite because we're, 
we're sitting in the same room, so it's that's not true. over a phone call. So yeah, that's true. Oh, you're too kind. That was a fun one. Um, all right, so let's talk about curriculum. Curriculum yeah. is kind of a bulky word. It's usually mostly in um, schools, colleges, kind of thing. So when we start there, when we use the word curriculum in small groups ministry, what are we talking about? You know, it's funny because I work for a uh, corporation that puts out curriculum, so it becomes kind of a natural word, and it's almost like a lot of Christianese words that we Mm -hmm. get used to, you know, and we use in church, and then outsiders come in and they're like, what does that mean? (laughs) So I think you're right. It does kind of sound academic, but curriculum is just simply a Bible study. So it's something that a group is going to use, hopefully on a weekly basis, just to help them study the Bible just to kind of guide them through God's word. Um, you know, and we'll get into some more of the details of what that looks like. But yeah, it's it's not something heavy. It's not meant to be something academic. It's really just to help uh, a group kind of work through a book of the Bible or a topic um, with scripture behind it. So that's really what curriculum means. What do you um, say to people who are like, you know, I don't really need a Bible study. Our group just, we just get together and we talk about Jesus. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That's definitely good. I think you should talk about Jesus. And I think if if a group doesn't have something that's helping them kind of open the scripture, then, you know, I say this a lot, but I think it just becomes more of a social club. Mm. And most people are already in social clubs. So, you know, they have a social club around their job. They have a social club right. around, you know, other parents of kids in their school. And so they already have that. So what is what is the special sauce of a small group that's involved with the church? Well, I think it's, it's scripture. It's God's word. Mm. It's getting into, um, you know, how should we live our lives according to God's word? And so if you're not, you know, doing a Bible study, and I know that sounds also formal, but if you're not at least studying scripture, then you're just kind of doing the social thing and not getting into how we should live our life going forward according to God's word. So I do think, this is kind of my soapbox, but I do think it's important (laughs) that groups do something that has to do with God's word when they gather together. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think the sense of intentionality and what you point out, Chris, about it being what sets um, small groups and churches apart from any other nonprofit groups, book clubs, whatever, is that element of scripture wrapped together in whatever format. So let's yeah. talk about, okay, what are some key elements to look for and consider when choosing a good study for a group? Yeah, there's a lot of studies out there, obviously. If you go to your local Lifeway store or, you know, even Amazon, Amazon, <laughs> exactly. And you, uh, you just put in Bible study, you're going to get thousands of right. Bible studies. And so I think you have to know before choosing a study what you're looking for and there's a few things when I'm choosing a study for my personal group what I'm looking for one is um, is it conversational hmm. you know because there's a lot of studies that can get very academic um, that can get really deep really fast and for the for the this the normal group member they're gonna get bored or mm-hmm. they're not gonna you know be interested in that so I'm looking for something that's really conversational doesn't have a lot of Christianese in it so it's easy to kind of lead through it also looking for something that is easy to lead for the leader mm-hmm. um, so something that has uh, leader helps in it I like when I have a study and I can kind of look ahead and it gives me a little bit of a hint of you know if the right. conversations go in this direction you might talk about this or this might help you bring it back to the focus. So I'm looking for something that's easy to lead, that's not going to take a lot of work 
up front right. because I'm a, I'm a small group leader. We we lead a small group every Tuesday night, and honestly, I kind of look at my. <laughs> this is bad because I work for a um, <laughs> for, for Lifeway, but I start looking at it kind of the day of, right. and usually a couple hours before our group time, and that's that's how much time I have really to put in it. So sure. you want something that people can kind of grab in about you know 30 minutes to an hour, kind of understand where they're going mm-hmm. because the I, you know the important thing is that they know where the finish line of, of the study is. So they've kind of pre-watched the video and they've read through the questions and they know where the finish line is. So you want something that gets them there easily. And then the third part is I want something that's really uh, scripturally based. And so it has perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't want something that just gives me, you know, one scripture. I want something that gives me the whole um, uh, kind of perspective of it that gives me other scriptures that support, you know, the the main one that we're studying. So those are kind of the three things. You want it to be conversational, easy to kind of work through. You want something that's easy to lead, that gives kind of leader helps. And then you want something that's really scripturally based, that gives the whole the whole Bible, the whole truth, perspective on the topic. Oh, that's really helpful. I think another angle to that is to consider the needs of the group. Like mm-hmm. if you have a group of new believers or seekers, that looks a little different than if you have a group of mature believers who've been together. Maybe they could handle something a little deeper or a little more um, uh, esoteric if that they want to study that. Some groups, it's so interesting, the stuff that they come up with and say, I want to, we want to, really interested in X. And I'm like, really? Like that actually appeals to, well, we've been together a long time and this is what we want to study. So I think I usually ask the leader, have you considered the spiritual level of the group so that, but I like your point on conversations. Um, always look at the questions. I read the questions mm-hmm. and go, are they eliciting good discussion? Are they asking um, stuff? And then with the group too, another one is sometimes the leader is like really into it and they want them to do homework every day and they want um, this you know to be really like a class maybe yep. they have teaching gifts and this is kind of coming out in their small group leading um, and sometimes the group doesn't want to do the homework and then they're really frustrated yeah and that's a good point I didn't throw that in too I also look for studies that don't have a lot of homework because I think for the most part groups and there are specialized groups that love homework I mean Beth Moore, love Beth Moore. We produce a lot of Beth Moore content. Right. Beth Moore has a lot of homework. Yes. And there are certain groups that are that's great for. But just for the normal group, especially if you're a brand new group and it's more of a general type of group, look for a study that doesn't have a lot of homework because people just don't have time yeah. anymore. And a lot of people don't read anymore. They just don't have time. And so if you're asking them to kind of put in an extra hour or two during the week or three sometimes, you know, doing some homework, they're less likely to want to be a part of your group. So yeah, looking for that that study that, that doesn't have a ton of homework or even better, even ha- has no homework, I think is good. Do you have a preference, Chris, between a topical study that bounces around to different scriptures on a specific topic versus going through a, a more expository book of the Bible or something. Yeah, you know, I think a balance is is key in that. In that, I think you want you want both. So I think it's good to have a topical type of study. Um, you know, especially if your group is more focused toward a certain kind of demographic. You know, if it's young parents, you might choose something that's more about parenting or a financial type of group or something like that. That's that's more topical. And topical is also a lot of times great for a brand new group, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and you're not sure exactly what the makeup of the group is. So we can pick something that's more topical. But I'm also a proponent of having more of a disciple or a balanced discipleship plan, which will include topical things, but also will have uh, maybe a study through a book of the Bible. 
um, or a study on how to be how to serve, you know, or something like that. So kind of rotating between those two. So maybe spend a semester on a topic, but then the next semester, maybe pick a good book of the Bible study. Um, We have a curriculum line here called Explore the Bible, Mm -hmm. and it's literally just book by book. And so, you know, I love those. So take one of those and go through Acts if you're, you know, your group can handle that or Romans or, you know, or John or something like that. That's a little bit easier. But do a book of the Bible for a semester and then maybe go back to a topical. And then that way you're kind of getting more of a balanced. You're getting more of a focused uh, book of the Bible study and you're also getting some topical um, stuff in there as well. Yeah, I want to... Highlight that a little bit. So why why is it important to have this kind of balance in their curriculum? Yeah, uh, we have something we call the Balanced Discipleship Plan. And actually, even before I came to Lifeway, um, when I was at Crosspoint, we rolled out something like that as well. Um, most group leaders will kind of default to whatever is easiest mm-hmm. and whatever they're passionate about, which sure, is great. Sure. So if a group leader is um, you know, passionate about, let's say, serving, so all of the studies they're probably going to do are going to be about serving, and that's great, but that's not going to really balance out uh, knowledge, the knowledge of the group, um, their spiritual growth, because not everybody in the group is going to be as passionate or bent towards that. And so I think it's important to kind of uh, kind of have that balance. Um, there, there's something I talk about, the quadrants of biblical life. I actually got this from mm-hmm. Rick Howerton. But uh, there's basically four quadrants, and one is – um, is community one is uh, discipleship or uh, discipleship uh, kind of the study the book of the Bible and then one is missional and then mm. one is restorational and mm. so kind of doing a balanced curriculum plan around those helps your group just kind of step outside of their comfort zone right because they're just going to kind of fall into that rut and do the same type of studies over and over but if you can kind of lay out and we have something it's at lifeway.com slash balanced discipleship um, that's kind of gives you a, an idea of that. But if you can lay out something that kind of helps them, forces them into some other type of studies, that helps. Yeah, I think that's such an important point. I remember um, our married couples group sometimes fall into this rut, um, as you mentioned, where, you know, it's about marriage. So they're doing like one marriage study after another marriage study, and they're wondering, okay, it just feels like we're just hammering our marriage. I'm like, you know, try a gospel yeah. for a change in your diet because your, your marriage will grow as you grow spiritually. So you don't have to be studying marriage or parenting per se all the time. When you're studying scripture, that wisdom will translate into other parts of your life as you grow together. And it really did kind of open up um, that idea. I think initially that affinity attracts a certain type of topic. And then um, I am a huge fan of that as well, that there needs to be a balance. Um, And I think this leads to the next point, too. I think a lot of times what I get from leaders is, you know, our group wants to study this, this topic. Um, X and there's you know three people who want this. There's two people who want that, and they take a vote. And I have to remind them, hey, hello, you're the leader. So there is something. Speak to us about that. There's something about the leader choosing it. How much of a democracy would you um, allow for in the group? And how do you make that discernment? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of democracy in a, in a small group. <laughs> Should we just take that out of context? Why don't we tweet that? Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Ratt says, I'm not a fan of democracy. <laughs> no, let's, let's let's finish out the sentence <laughs> with a small group. Um, you know, I just. Most group members are not going to know what the group really mm-hmm. needs. They're going to know what what they might know, um, but they're not going to know the whole. And Lifeway did uh, some research a few years ago for transform- transformational groups, 
and they surveyed a ton of small group leaders. And I think the number was like 97% of small group leaders want to be told what to study next. Mm. 97%. So even most small group leaders really want to be directed when it comes to what to study. Because it is overwhelming to just go out there and say, hey, hit Amazon and pick something. I mean, that's just overwhelming. Or, you know, go to your local Lifeway and just kind of go through studies. If, if you're a small group point person, I think you're going to serve your leaders mm-hmm. by offering them at least kind of narrow choices. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that you have to say every group has to study this, although there are churches that do that. Right. Like in North Coast and San Diego, they all do sermon-based studies, right. which, which is fine. Um, but I think that you can give them kind of what I call it, uh, free market with guardrails, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you uh, give them topics. Like if you take the balanced discipleship plan and it's got seven different categories of studies and then under each category have five or six options right. for a group to pick from. So they don't have to have just that one and then offer that to the group leader and then it narrows it down makes it easier Mm -hmm. and you give them a path to follow um, rather than just kind of shooting at the wall and hoping that you hit the target they actually have a path to follow when it comes to their study and their curriculum and what I found is group leaders are thankful for that yes I get very few group leaders that say um, oh no I've got to do my own thing you you will have some of those (laughs) they exist but most of them are going to want you to tell them what to do because it just makes it easier they don't have time they have full time jobs and so if you can do that it helps direct their path makes it easier Mm -hmm. for them it's just a better way to go in my opinion no I I absolutely agree and it also helps with alignment and vision for the church and you mentioned North Coast and the sermon based studies that become so popular for many churches Um, so what makes a good sermon based study. Can any church produce or write or do one of these? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a big fan of sermon-based studies. Um, when I was at Crosspoint, um, most of our groups did sermon-based studies, mm-hmm. uh, especially for new groups. It's easy yes. to start. It takes away you know, the homework piece that we talked about. Um, there's not any homework. The only homework is to show up on Sunday or now just listen to the podcast. <laughs> right. You know, just listen to it during the week and that's you've done your homework. It takes out any reading that you have to do ahead of time. And you know, it reinforces the message throughout the week, which every pastor would love for that to happen because most people have forgotten what the sermon is by Monday. I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think back to my church. <laughs> Monday's on probably generous. Yeah, it probably is. It's Monday right now, and I'm I'm struggling. Actually, he talked about Job. It was really good. But anyways, most, most well, well, well done. Yeah, most people, you know, forget it, and so it reinforces the message. So I'm a big fan of that. Now, with that said, I think that we have to be intentional mm-hmm. with our ser- sermon-based studies. Um, what I was doing for years is basically listening to the message on Sunday, coming up with really quick four or five questions. Most of the questions were based on the speaker rather than the scripture. Um, You know, just kind of surface quotes. You know, he said this. What do you think about that? You know, that kind of a deal. You've described the vast majority of sermon-based studies. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the way it is because it's hard. It's hard to come up with a really good study and, and write a foundational study um, that quickly, yeah. th- that quickly, that goes into depth and all of that. So that's that's the majority of what what I see and what I was doing. And so it, it, at some point, I decided that you know what we need to give them more. If most mm-hmm. of our groups. Mm-hmm 
are doing sermon-based studies, I think these four or five questions that are very surface, that don't go beyond just the main scripture from Sunday, you know, that's not going to do it. So we've got to come up with something that's that's more in-depth, that gives them uh, more balance uh, in the sermon-based studies. And so we, we worked really hard at it. And there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, you know, I think having a writing team, if you have people in your church that, I mean, we were blessed at the church that I was, that I was at. We had writers for Dave Ramsey. We had writers that sure, used to write for sure. North Point for Andy Stanley's messages. Okay, most, most of us in our churches do not have a pu- published professional writers. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we only had that for a period of time. And then it was back to me. So mm-hmm. I had to come up with, you know, in about 24 hours, a, an in-depth Bible study. And so that's when we started looking around at some some options to help us write a good sermon-based study. And so we found, uh, at the time, what LifeWay offered, it was called Discipleship in Context, where they would write the study for you, kind of turn it around in mm-hmm. 24 hours. And that's still available. It's called CustomBible.com. It's, it's pricey, but it gave us, uh, basically, it gave us another staff member that mm-hmm. wrote our studies for us, which was amazing. But then a couple of years after that, um, they developed uh, smallgroup.com. And basically what smallgroup.com is, it's an online database of customizable Bible studies. So there's over 2,000 Bible studies. They're pre-written. It's on over 400 topics. Every book of the Bible is covered. So what I would do is I would take my pastor's notes. I would usually get those like on Thursday or Friday, plug in the main topic or the main scripture and smallgroup.com would spit out all these studies that were already written on that topic. Hmm. And then I would take one of those or two of those and kind of piece it together and then add in a few quotes from his notes that I knew that were <clears throat> that were coming. And then I would have a really in-depth, great Bible study in about 45 minutes wow. that I would have never written just, you know, on my own. Um, and so, you know, just having tools like smallgroup.com to help you. But the, the most important thing is that you're intentional with it. Right. If you're asking your group leaders to disciple a, a, a portion of your church, asking them to shepherd a portion of your church, disciple a portion of your church, you want to give them good material to help with that, to kind of guide that conversation that leads to discipleship. And so just being intentional about what you're handing them when it comes to the sermon-based study. Yeah, with the sermon-based study, one of the big wins is that alignment with the vision and I guess it with doing that if you do it year-round which in our church um, we provide it year-round but we really um, or at least three-quarters of the year um, but we really only ask them to do the one series and we kind of put a lot almost like a campaign and yep. I know some churches do that because the amount of energy and resources it takes to put out um, actually even in video so let's talk about that a little bit before um, we close how do you feel about video content versus um, book content or something even more informal? What's the pros and cons of those? Yeah, there's pros and cons cons behind all of it. Um, I actually like video content. Um, I think if you have, if it's done well. (laughs) Nice caveat, yes. (laughs) If it's done well and it's short enough, I mean, you can give video content that's way too long. What would be your zone for video content? For me personally, I like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, I think that's about the attention span maximum. Yeah, and it takes up a lot of your group time. So sure, if you're watching sure. it in your group time and you you have a video that's 40, 45 oh, minutes, yeah. that's a huge chunk of the time. Right. So you're not going to have as much time for discussion. So something that's around 10 to 15 minutes that's that's done very well. Um, I think takes that burden of teaching off of the leader, mm-hmm. you know, and we're always looking to take burdens off of people. And so I think it, it takes that and allows them to facilitate a conversation 
to spend more time just, you know, kind of in relationships instead of preparing something that they have to teach at their at their small group. So I, I like video based curriculum, but you know, there are cons to it as well. I mean, it does take a chunk of your time. Right. Um, if it's not done very well, people can tune out. Um, if you're watching something that's too too in depth, um, they also tune out of it. <laughs> so it's it's not the perfect model. There's no perfect uh, study or perfect model. It's whatever works best for your group. Um, I'm not a fan of book studies hmm. because and I said it earlier, people don't read. They just right. don't read anymore. Um, I found this out several years ago. I, I, I wrote about it in my book, but we decided this was back when Prayer of Jabez was a big deal. If you remember that book, <laughs> yes, the book was like it was 90, a little little book. Oh, it was like 90 pages long. <laughs> Seriously, like 90 pages. And so I decided, okay, we're going to do this, and surely our group's going to read it. You know, our group's going to, because it's 90 pages. They could read it on the way to group, honestly. <laughs> you know, it's just that easy. Got to group, you know, the first night. I'm like, okay, what'd you guys think? Looked around, blank stares. Nobody oh, okay. had read. I like two people, you know, those teacher teacher pets that always, <laughs> uh, probably like you. you know, wow, a, did you just slam me? Well, I mean, you're a lawyer and all that, so I'm it's guessing. It's true. I'm also a nerd, so yes, yes. I, I would read it. So you'd be the one in the group who would have read. But like my best friend um, in life, uh, I looked at him and, and it was so obvious he had not read it. And I was like, dude, come on. <laughs> so people just don't read anymore. Um, so I'm just not a fan of book studies. I think that adds an extra burden mm. uh, for people to get into a group. Um, as for more of an informal, we're just going to open to a book of a Bible and talk through it. That's going to take a special kind of leader. That's going to yeah. take someone who can really exegete uh, the, the scripture in a, in a way that most leaders aren't prepared you know, mm-hmm. aren't trained to do. That's that's very difficult. It also can lead if your if your leader is not really kind of up on theology, it can right. lead to really bad discussion and bad theology. Groupthink leads to bad theology really quickly. And so I would just say be careful with that. If you're a leader, if you have a leader that um, that can handle it, that's great. But I my experience, most leaders can't handle just opening up to Romans and let's go, you know, just straight verse by verse and talk about it. Yeah. If there's a leader that wants to do that, then I actually recommend that they go and take a, um, go online and even look at any free resources or commentaries or there's so much out there that they could look through. Um, and there's trusted authors and trusted voices in evangelical world that they can listen to um, as well. And there is a ton of stuff out there and just a matter of filtering it um, in a way that helps our leaders to not have to do that homework themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, and as far as the sermon based thing, we actually had Dave Enns, who's the small groups guy over at North Coast, um, and we'll link that on the show notes as well. But he talked about how I mean they are like hardcore with that they the do sermon based. They do, mm-hmm. and they have a whole system and a template and yep. um, and a lot of resources on their website about how to create that. And it, I think the challenges of that really depends on each person's situation with their senior pastor. Like I have no notes, <laughs> I get nothing. I have to sit there and listen, and that's what we created from our, our senior pastor has that vibe. So it just kind of, it's a matter of trying out different things maybe. I, and what it, Chris, it feels like I've just had to experiment with different leaders, different types of groups, and different seasons of our church's life, what works. Yeah, I, I talk a lot about ex- experimenting is, is great. Um, when you experiment, you, you know, you're trying something and you can always come back from that. Sure. If it's an experiment and it didn't work, it didn't work. It was an experiment. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of try different type of Bible studies. If you're writing sermon-based studies, try out different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
survey your leaders mm. or have a focus group of your leaders so oh, you can know idea. the data. I think a lot of times, especially with small group ministry, we don't pay attention to the data or we don't look for the data. You know, oh, they're gathering. They must be discipling, <laughs> right? It's the way it works. Well, It's automatic. Yeah, it's automatic. <laughs> I because wish. They're gathering in a home. Well, not necessarily. So, you know, having some data some surveys, kind of knowing what's working, what's not working will help you kind mm. of, um, you know, do better studies, move ahead with your discipleship plan. So, yeah. So kind of keeping a pulse on how things are working. But experimenting is great. And it's, I mean, curriculum really is a tool for basically spiritual growth. So it, there's, it is, you yep. can't, yeah, you really can't get around it. And it, so it's worth our time to figure out how to do that well. Um, so Chris, thank you so much for your time. Is there any final thoughts you'd like to share? Sure. I, I would, especially if you're new, uh, like a, a small group point person, don't get frustrated when it comes mm-hmm. to what your groups are studying or what they want to study, what they won't study. Um, just keep at it, encouraging them. You're going to have groups that are going to do their own thing. I call them black ops groups <laughs> because they're just going to do their own thing. They've probably been around for a while, yes. you know, especially if you're stepping into an existing system. Um, don't let that you know frustrate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll eventually come around or they won't. That's okay. Focus on those new groups, new groups, you know, working on your balanced discipleship plan. And when those existing groups that won't do what you tell them, once they see kind of fruit from that, they see excitement around it, you do a campaign and people are excited about it, they'll want to be a part of it. So just keep at it. It's important. Um, Bible study, curriculum, whatever you call it, it's just a tool, like you said, but it's an important tool that leads to conversations. And that's where the discipleship um, process is going to happen, is in those conversations, especially after the study, Mm. in between the group meetings. And that's going to be spurred on by, hey, you know what? We we, we read this this verse this week. What does that mean to you? Mm. So keep at it. Oh, that's great encouragement. Thanks so much, Chris. You can follow Chris on his blog at chrisdurat.com. Um, and he's also part of the Small Group Network Huddle in Nashville. And he's active on Facebook. So you can ask questions or interact with Chris on our Facebook Small Group Network page. Um, thank you so much, Chris. We so appreciate you and your ministry to resource and equip churches. Thank you. This was fun. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening to Group Talk. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much to Carolyn and Chris for that great episode. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you speak Spanish? Do you know a small group point person who does? Well, the small group network has gone Latin with Red de Grupos Pequeños. Not quite sure how my Spanish was there, but this is a great opportunity for us to reach small group point people in Latin America. You can find a Facebook group by searching for Red de Grupos Pequeños in the search bar. We're excited about the beginning and can't wait to see what God does. We'll see you next month. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.